0: Welcome to the Hawkeye Psychic Podcast. Hello, good evening. Welcome to the Hawkeye Psychic Hurling Podcast with your host, Mark Kennedy. Joined this week by Kieran Collins and Rory Walsh. Lads, how are things? Very good, Mark. Very good man. Great, great. Yeah, we nearly had a Wi Fi disaster here in Galway, but thankfully we're all restored. Uh, again, guys, we'll probably preview the weekend that's in it. Semi finals, all Ireland senior hurling championship is fast approaching with two mo watering fixtures in Limerick versus Galway and also Clickeny versus Clare. We'll also look at the Camogie, uh, some intriguing matchups as curtain raisers to the senior game. So we'll maybe touch upon that as well. I suppose we'll focus on Limerick versus Galway first, Karen. And I suppose, as a Limerick man, uh, I suppose what are your kind of main pre game kind of talking points really heading into this fixture?
1: Yeah, I suppose first thing to start off is like the with so little media, or little to none media attention this week, like you wouldn't think there's all Ireland semi finals coming up this weekend. Like it's just been so quiet in, in, the, in the media and, and in the news. And I suppose it's strange, really. And I think as well the scheduling of the games, Jesus, like we often question it, but like six o'clock on a Saturday evening for, you know, for two counties that are two or three hours away from Dublin, I, I think it's, it's uh, you know, you'd often wonder who, who makes these decisions. But, you know, I suppose looking at the game, um, I think even across the four teams you're kinda the question is who's gonna start, who's gonna play. I think out of you know, I suppose they all have injury woes like I think even Golloway's like earlier this week, Jason Flynn, okay, maybe he wouldn't have been starting, but you know, I think he was a real impact off the bench. Um uh, and a real goal trail off the bench when he came in every every time he played this year. Um, I think for Limerick then you look at you know Declan Hannan, obviously has been named recently, and and Sean Finn as well to, to add to that. Uh, I suppose the big discussion in Limerick is who plays six. Um, you know, I suppose it's divided a lot of people's opinions, and there's a, I suppose in, in a good way there's a couple of live options that you could play there. So I suppose there is you know something for you know decisions for for Kylie and Connor to make. You know, and I think you know we we get in the Clare any game and later on. I suppose there's injuries on both sides there, but. That will probably be a huge factor for the game is is that, you know, if Hannon doesn't play, you know, we know how good he is, I suppose. And the thing about Limerick is because he's he's rarely been injured, we don't know how you know, we don't know how to play without him or what it's going to be like to play without him. Such a cool, you know, collective character back there and like the ball distribution is is, is unbelievable. So how do they replace that? Uh, without leaving holes elsewhere. You know, I think historically Kylie and Kinner, don't make, you know, don't throw too many curveballs in. You know, they they probably play it safe selection-wise. So I, I don't see them rejigging a whole back unit um, just to fill this, you know, jersey. Um, I think it'll be a straightforward player-in, player-out kind of swap. Just conscious of, you know, what they have wherever else. And I think, like, you know, if you're, if you're looking at Kyle Hayes maybe stepping in, you're you're notifying the trek Kyle Hayes gives you going forward. And I think for me personally, I think it's, if you know, if we're to go with a safer option, I think, bringing Dan Morrissey to, to six, there, to play uh, and bringing in Richie English, Connor back, as well, moving Mike Casey in fullback. Um, but then, I suppose, looking up look question marks elsewhere. You know, we, we all know, like in, in recent, the last two games, Connor Whelan's been on fire, you know, two six from play. Uh, and I suppose, out around that half-forward line, you, you know, you'd be kind of thinking who's going to pick him up or, or give him special attention. Look, we know Limerick don't man-mark. um. But I'm sure, you know, in certain areas of the field, you know, you're going to keep an eye out for this guy and where he's roaming around. So um, I suppose there's lots of, of match-ups to, to get right. Um, but Both teams are probably coming into it not on top form, I would say. You know, I think certain players struggling for farm on both sides. So there's a lot of question marks on both sides. And I suppose until... 6 o'clock start evening, I suppose team selection won't be known really because I think the teams you get to get announced over the next 12 hours, Um, you know, I take that with a pinch of salt.
0: Rory, we'll get you in here, I suppose. What are your kind of initial thoughts leading into this Limerick-Galway uh, fixture?
2: I suppose last year one thing that was a, a major difference coming on the stretch was the strength of Limerick's bench. And I think Shefflin has tried to rejig things this year in terms of uh, keeping some power on the bench to come in, and we saw that. When they were on the rack at the very end against Tipperary, uh, Tom Monaghan, as we saw, come on and scored three points. Um, you had Connor Cooney come in and actually you know, made a difference when he came in as well near the end. And um, So that's why maybe Jason Flynn loss is a big one because he was another man they could bring in. Um, the only thing saying that is like to, to do that, he kind of sacrificed starting his best six forwards. The last day I just thought Brian concannon is very off-form at the minute and unless he's found his form in the two weeks, since the quarter final, like, does a Shefflin has a dilemma here? Does he start Monaghan, who was, um, you know, really coming into form, or does he, uh, you know, um, stick with what he had the last day and, and leave a bit of strength in the bench? So uh, it's, it's kind of getting the balance right there, um, and that's why, you know, it might be a factor. Um, with Conor Whedon last year, Limerick handled him quite well, I thought, in semi final last year, but now I suppose Kevin Cooney as well is just another threat inside for the long ball. So, um, you know, he, he's really kind of, kind of giving Galway a boost. And we saw that against Tip where they were able to go along at times. Maybe they went along too, too often at times when they hadn't the ball worked out far enough from the backs. But um, look, it it, it it makes the game. I, I think Galway are probably a bit stronger than they were last year. And, but it, I suppose it is all in the day. Like last year they came very close to Limerick. They're probably a bit stronger this year, Galway. But then... Uh, as, as we said, like Limerick as well, have had a few weeks kind of recover from their injuries. Um, we know the strength of Kinark in terms of getting tactics and matchups right and everything like that. So, um, yeah, it's still it's still a really difficult one to call. Um, Limerick's experience maybe versus kind of Galway coming along and, and having a, maybe a stronger bench history than last year. So, yeah, that's what makes it so intriguing.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, in fairness to Galway, I suppose you can review the championship campaign all you want. That provincial final loss, particularly to and Buckley, last-minute goal, I think I've said it before in this podcast, in previous years that would have destroyed the Galway Senior hurling team. They would have gone out in the quarterfinals. But all credit to Henry Sheffield and the management and the players. They really stood up against Tipperary, asked the hard questions at Tipperary, really didn't let him settle. And I think they were deserving winners here, Karen. And I suppose there's a few wrongs uh, from last season need to be corrected here on Saturday. When you think of last season here, Karen. The shot selection, the shot accuracy from Galway really did let them down, particularly in that opening period. And it's probably something that they will really focus on on Saturday and really try to make that count.
1: I think there's a couple of ways you could look at Galway's farm this year to date. Like, I suppose the early game, the first game against Kilkenny, the draw, Like, you'd probably write that game off. There's probably a lot of shadow boxing in that game. But like, fast forward to the Dublin game, you know, in that first half, like, they were shocking. Okay, they clawed it back in the second half, but you have to look at it like, you know, from, I suppose, for Chef's point of view, he's not going to let that first half slide um, coming toward the end of a round robin, you know, series. Um, and then you you go to the Kilkenny game where Kilkenny were, you know, so good in that first half. And I suppose Galway came strong, Galway were very strong in the second half. And I suppose it's, it's that collapse, it's that, you know, not seeing out the game. We, look, we, we've talked about the, the Killian Buckley goal and, and uh, I suppose, the defensive error. A lot of defensive errors made before that. But I think I think the real, you know, for me, concern for Galway is, like, Tipperary were terrible. That's, the, that's as bad as the Tipperary performance you will see against Galway. But yet, they were still within a puck of a ball in the diamonds that game. Okay, Galway created the chances, but 50% shooting, actually, you know, at this stage of the competition, it's just not good enough. So, if, you know, if they... Do that again against Limerick. Like if they are fifty percent ac- accurate against Limerick, that's Limerick going to win this game by seven or eight points. Like you can say, yeah, you know, they 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 the result and, and and saw it out, but Tipperary were shocking that day. And I think you can you can dress it up and um, talk about as many different ways as you like, but um, you know I think if you're a Galway supporter, if I was a Galway supporter, I would be I'd be concerned going into this weekend um, based on the last on the last performance against Tipperary.
0: Yeah, because I think there has been a bit of pragmatism based up here in Galway. It's been very quiet, which I think is not a bad thing here for the Galway uh, camp here. Usually just pretty excitement and a bit of hype. It's been very focused, I think, since that Tipperary win. I think the pragmatism of the shot selection, 50%, is not going to get done against Limerick. But I think they know historically here, Rory, that they've given Limerick as good as they got in the recent seasons. And... The field, the penny, is going to drop one of these days. And maybe it's this weekend. Maybe it's the vulnerability of Limerick four weeks without a game. that this is maybe the opportunity for Galway to catch uh, Limerick a little bit on the hop here. And given the form, and I suppose the training preparation here has been, I've heard, pretty intense here. Obviously, Jason Finn's out with the hamstring. But, I mean, it's really showing that the preparations have gone up a notch under Henry Shefflin here. And no stone has been left unturned.
2: Yeah, and Galway are a funny team. When it does come to form, they're able to like, you know, be, be brutal one week, be brilliant the next week. Even so, I suppose against Dublin in either half. Um, I remember last year against Cork, they were—I thought they were shocking in the quarter final as well. And I like was giving them no hope going in against Limerick, and then you know suddenly they went toe to toe with Limerick, and you know were right in and coming down in injury time. So, um. It's something that maybe like consistency is something that Shefflin's teams always had when he was a player with Kilkenny. And I'd say it's frustrating him with Galway, but they seem to be able to, you know, um, when they've played Limerick, be, be right in there. And it's one thing physically, I suppose, as well, that they match up very well. Um, like against Tipperary, you could just see Galway just physically a bigger team and, um, you know, we're, were willing to get into the dirty stuff a bit more. Like, um, I, I think as well, Shefflin has been conscious to kind of not put all you know, hurlers in the forward line as such. And, uh, you know, he's a few warriors in there as well, which, um, like, even, even Keenan Fahy, like, he, he's able to win his own ball inside. Kevin Cooney, as we know, and Conor Whelan. That's three of your six forwards are quite comfortable winning their own ball, which can make a difference when the when defence are under pressure and they just need to launch one every now and again. As we know, Limerick have that. At the other end, like, Limerick have ball winners, Tom Morrissey, Gillan, you know, like, they have they have that. So uh, it's something, I suppose, that teams have been trying to match up with, with Limerick and and something Shefflin definitely must have been conscious of over the last, um, you know, his second season involved. So that's why I think they are a bit stronger, even if the performances haven't shown consistency, just kind of on paper, I think there's more of a balance to their team this year than there was last year. And, um, so yeah, look, I, I, again, it's, I I just see it as a very similar one as in there hasn't been a a puck of a ball between most of the top counties this year. And, uh, Apart from even the last, uh, as Kieran said, it came down to just two points in it. Even if Galway looked eight nine points better than them, um, so it, it, it'll be strange if there is a gap on on Saturday or Sunday. Though we were saying that last year as well, and we had a uh, Galway and Limerick game was fierce tight, and then you had Kilkenny kind of having a, a cakewalk against Clare last year, and so we I just don't see that happening this year.
0: Uh, and to be fair to Galway, I think Shefflin, Henry Shefflin, and the management must be credited for some of the inclusions here, the likes of um glennon came in ball of energy in the middle third tom on got a tune three points from play very key lenan as well i thought had a superb game and he's a very much an underrated player here in this Galway setup. set up and i would imagine he will be following whoever is in the half forward and i suppose kieran that's a question for you in terms of a half forward position i know keen lynch there has been injury issues here with colin o'neill
1: uh, David Reedy,
0: who do you feel may slot in there in that half-forward uh, position uh, for Limerick on Saturday?
1: I think it all boils down to the fitness of Keane Lynch, really, doesn't it? There's, look, there's, you're hearing things the last couple of days. It's all speculation. It's all rumours that Key Lynch is flying and training. But, you know, until you, see him take to the field. Look, you, you listen back to John Kiley's last interview after the Munster final, and, you know, he was fairly bullish. The fact that, you know, the four-week break was going to give Keen Lynch every chance and he was, you know, fairly confident that we would see Keen Lynch take to the field in co Park. You know, and I think that will depend. Uh, I, look at, I think if Keane Lynch is fit, he starts, you know, centre forward. Obviously, Tom Morrissey and and Groot Heger, the other side of him. But I think for, you know, I, if Declan Hannan does start centre-back, you know, I think the question comes in maybe, just because of the distribution to the forwards, I think you know we we all know how good handling it is, and I think it's probably the second best player to do that in the Liberty team could be Reedy. They've really, um, would not be surprised to see him maybe named um corner forward, but playing in a deeper role, maybe in front of in front of Ham of Morrissey if if he was to line out there, um, just to get ball inside, which would probably be a little bit of a harsh on, on Peter Casey, but um, I I just think you know. It, there's so much unknown with with, with Limerick, you without Hannon. You know, we we've never really had to do it, and I suppose it's um, I suppose we look at Clare last year when when uh Conlon went you know went off injured before the game, and it was uh you know I think a lot of that was probably put down to Conlon not playing and like he's the the quarterback and such in there, and you know the ball he gives in is it's you know, just intelligent players that were there seem to be in the right place at the right time and you know picking up loose ball and. Um I think that that will depend I suppose a lot of who plays there. But I think if you look at the other end, I think the the, the matchup is probably for you know, I think we'll see Galan and Flanning inside is is who will pick up Galan I, you know, I think you look back to the, the Leicester final and they had Park Ma or Park Manion on um on own Cody. Like obviously he's a good man marker, but I think when you're tasking him with a job of man marking, you know, Manion or is so good going forward that you're losing that element to your game. Um you know, but was that a sign, you know, was that a sign by um, Shefflin that, you know, he didn't trust either cornerback to Manmark? You know, so, like, if you were to pick a player, I suppose, for me, it would be probably Grealish of the two. You know, but I think if, if Galway do pick Manion to Manmark, Galan, going forward, they would lose a bit of impotence going forward because of that. But, you know, I suppose you, you, you're you going to talk about matchups all over the field. But I think that, like, for the last couple of weeks, Galan has been, you know, top form for Limerick. And, um, he's going to take he's going to take watch and, and you know he's probably going to be the number one player that Galway will be focused on this week
2: No I, I just think as well like Garrod McInerney at full back, if if Limerick managed to create the space they did in front of the Galway fullback as they did against Claire last year, uh, you know like it was quite telling I thought when when Jake Morris kind of started to you know get a bit lively and they put him in on top of Garrod McInerney Galway almost immediately substituted Garrod McInerney in the quarter final so it was kind of a sign maybe that Shefflin didn't fancy that matchup you know Pace wise, and it's just uh I think McInerney would be fine in the aerial ball with Galan, but if he gets kind of uh, that space, and, and as we saw against Clare, uh, as well, where he's able to just come onto, to... the on ball, is bouncing, it runs him like it's very hard for a back to mark him because he has the ability to shoot over his shoulder off left and right, and uh, like he can rack up a score very quickly. So God, we need to really get their matchups right in there. And like, is it worth? I know Dahi Burke has been six all year, but surely Sheffield might be thinking about um. For for you know it's horses for courses, and maybe Tahi Burke because he he'd be a match, maybe pace wise on the ground, and uh, as we know he's very strong in the air as well. And um, but then I suppose it's very late in the cha- in the year in the championship to to you know take out your six. But um, yeah, it, I, it's it is the winning and the losing of the game though. If, if you can at, at the minute, if you can you know stop Glen and uh, when I say stop him now, hold him to a couple of points from play and and stop that that goal threat. Like, uh, like, the Limerick have been a bit reliant on them this year, whereas in other years they were getting scores from all across the forward line. Um, So, that's maybe like what what Sheffield needs to do is get that matchup right, if anything. Uh, or also, even just plug the space in front a bit better than what Claire did. Um, you know, as you were saying, maybe have your Jack Grealish on Galan but like cut off cut off that space in front and play your half back line slightly deeper. And with Mannion, Dahi Burke, Joseph Cooney, like it's a formidable enough half back line. Um, if they all hit form, um, you've that Trek going forward as well from Mannion and, and Cooney are well able to take scores. Tahi Burke as well, so you know it, it it makes for like makes for an intriguing you know set up there with Limerick's half forward line. Key Lynch coming back in possibly, um, Hegerty as well, uh, just beginning to find form I thought against Clare in the Munster final, um, you know, so it, it, that's really going to be Galway's half back line. Limerick's half forward line is going to be Titanic battle and probably be winning and losing of the game as well as the Galway matchup inside.
1: I think as well, Rory. If you look at it like the, over the last couple of years, it'll it'll be a point shootout, you know, because you, you're not going to see Galway's half half um backline pushed up the field. They're going to be sitting back. I think they're going to learn a lot from that Munster final, um, and what damage Limerick did to to Clare. I think uh, you know, um, I suppose Galan especially, but um, you know, I think you, you're going to see Galway's – You know, I think there'll be plenty of space in the middle compared to games we've seen this year, um. I suppose both sets of teams, both teams are, are happy to take points from distance. You know, there are, there are plenty of good um, sharpshooters out the field, and you know, I think the main concern for for Galway this year, as well, and, and certain, I suppose a certain aspect as well as is Limerick, is, is form of certain players. And I think one thing I like about Sheffield is um, he wasn't afraid to drop him. I think Connor Cooney had been struggling for a bit of form, you know, and he was left on the bench. Um, Tom Monaghan as well, you know, probably had the poor year, and, and, and last year's standards, but you know, I think he's really put his hand up, you know, when he came on the last day and he scored four points. So, um, I think it probably nearly be a search to start after that. But I think, you know, to be fair, they're they're making the big calls when needed. And I suppose the only player that's maybe getting a bit of rub of the green is concannon inside. And for Galway to win, they're going to need all 15 players firing, but especially concannon because, you know, he can do such damage in front of goal when he's in top form. And a couple of games this year, we've seen him, you know, Limerick have relied Galan, but you can say Galway are relying on... Uh, and Connor Whelan, especially in the last couple of games, um, you know he's been he's been incredible, and uh, you know I think you'd say like Galway will be watching Galam, but I think equally you know Limerick will have to keep an eye on Whelan as so. well.
0: Yeah, I'm not, one guy that we haven't mentioned from Galway, and I think he may play a very pivotal role as Cahill Mannion, particularly in that midfield area, and I think you might see him do a bit of a quarterback orchestration. Certain times go deep kind of join from deep as well in attacking sense i think he's a gifted hurler. you know has all the tricks of the trade and i think from a Limerick, i think that mid, there's so many fascinating matchups here guys isn't it i mean even the midfield we haven't even really talked about but like Darrow donovan willow donahue again Carl Mannion's movement here how are they going to counteract that particularly because he will roam look for ball and look to distribute here if he can early inside i think cancanon does a great foil for wheeling Uh, Generally, do, but I think it's going to be intriguing. I think middle third is not going to be much space there, is there? I suppose, guys, um, even kind of looking at the bench impact, you mentioned Conor Cooney there as well. But um, head on the block time, guys, in terms of Limerick Galway, who are we fancying to advance to the All Ireland final in two weeks? Kieran, we might start with you first.
1: Yeah, as the week goes on, um, I suppose after Tipperary, the Galway Tipperary game, I I was kind of maybe a bit, I won't say cocky, but I was confident, you know, going into it, but. I think as the week goes on, you you know you strip it all back and you're you're looking at Call strength, you know. And I suppose physically they're they're well matched, you know. They have been struggling for form, but you know I suppose that can be turned around pretty quick as well. Um, you know I think it'll all come down to I don't, I don't think there's going to be much in the game at the end. And I suppose Barr, Jason Flynn, you know if Connor Cooney doesn't start, you know what a players to be bringing on to, to try and see out the game. Um, I think they've got good game time into players like um Lenan and. Liam Collins this year, young guys coming in. Shefflin is really I think he, he definitely he has um developed the, the the squad depth this year from last year and uh you know they're they're gonna be a formidable force. But I just think they're if you look at the year this year, like the farm has been flaky and if you could make arguments for Limerick as well, been not the same team they were, but they've been seeing out results. I don't think they were ever poor in game in a game compared to like what God we were against Dublin and so I think it's the same as every year. It all depends what Galway team turns up, uh and takes to the field and what attitude they bring. Like if they turn up and they they come to play hurling, like they're you know they're as good as any team in in the, in the country. But I just think for Limerick, like they've had the four week break, you know. I said so hopefully we can get Keane Lynch back in the field. Obviously, look, uh Declan Hanlon's the loss. Sean Finn is the loss. Um, but you know, I suppose there is guys to come in there who are more than capable. And I'm sure, look, Clerk. You know, it seems to have a, a bit of a magician about him that he can, you know, always seems to make the, the right decisions and, you know, and gets the matchups right. You know, I think the hunger would be there for both teams. I think, look, for Limerick, we're, you know, they're two games away from being four in a row all-Ireland champions, you know. Jesus, we, we, we were happy with one, but, you know, this is completely bonus, bonus territory. And But, you know, they deserve to, to match the Kikenni team of, of the 2000s. Um you know, it was there for four and a win fee, but I I just think based on you know looking at closing out games like every game Limerick have won this year have been the minimum, like you know point two points. It just seemed to have an act to it. I think bringing on like if um Adam English came on the last the kind the of first time time we saw him this year, you know it was impressive. Um Coughan O'Neill as well, you know he's had he's got to have a lot of experience over the last year or two, and I suppose look they they have done you know they have done it. Um for Limerick coming off the bench. David Reedy if he doesn't start or play a part early in the game, I do think you know, he's a again it's experience. And you know, Copark seems to suit Limerick. Um and and put it back to the twelve twelve finals, twelve wins. Okay, this is a semi final, but you know, it's very hard to back against them. And I think for me it's more the heart saying this, but I, I, I hope it's Limerick and I, I think you know, I think it could be. Rory, get your protection here.
2: Yeah, um like Limerick are going to be stopped at some stage, and like maybe this year with with the Sean Finn injury and Hannan injury, like the it, it like you're talking about uh, as um, as Kieran said, like your quarterback Hannan, who is at the centre of a lot of certain a lot of Limerick attacks, and then also you have a uh, Sean Finn, who's been probably the best cornerback in Ireland for for the last three or four years, you know. So um, like, they're two huge losses to take, and so if ever they're going to be beaten, I think this could be the time. Um, Again, Galway, and, and, and if you're tipping Galway, you're kind of going off, off uh, what, what might happen, as Kieran said, because they are very uh, inconsistent. And if they come with a performance like they have every chance of winning this, um, I, I just think that, like, I think they might, I think I have a feeling this year they are coming with a performance. Um, I, I just, I, I, I don't know, I have a sneaky feeling that Galway might, might take this one. Um, but here's the thing, one of the two games at the weekend, I think is going to be a draw. So the game's going to be so that one of the two will be a draw, and this one is probably the more likely one um, out of the two. I think to, to go to extra time. Um, so yeah, I'm not trying to sit on the fence on that. Uh, if I go to, I, I think maybe I'm going to give Galway a slight favour. Last week I was last week I was um, favour Limerick to win the All Ireland, but now it's, as Kieran says, it gets closer to the game, and you're kind of looking at, at you know what Galway are probably capable of as such, and then there's, there are question marks about Limerick about. Uh, how to deal with the injuries as well Um, so I'm just going to give Galway the slightest of nods but uh, at the same time I'll probably throw a sneaky bet on a a draw
0: Yeah I I definitely think there's not much between these sides historically it's great respect between the two counties I think you just have to go with the champion until the champion is beaten uh, I think they have to be the favourite here to win here but I think it's intriguing I think Galway have a massive opportunity here just given I think the injuries uh to Limerick's back line here. I think Colin Cochran's going to pro- probably play a huge role here from Limerick as well. If not starting, definitely coming on. Uh definitely. Um but I think from a Limerick perspective, probably the team here with four weeks to prepare. They got the news of Declan Hannon out early. They've been preparing here in terms of matchups. You can imagine that the likes of John Kylie, Paul Knark, they've devised schemes and game plans here. wouldn't it be at all surprised if Barry Nash basically slotting it to a half back role or a playmaking role here as well so I think it's all going to be very intriguing, poised guys so I don't think we'll probably know the formations until probably two minutes to six on Saturday afternoon but uh, I think to be fair I'm just going to hedge it to Limerick but again I think it's a glorious opportunity for Galway here I uh, don't think there's going to be much between these sides I suppose guys the second uh, semi-final on Sunday at 4pm face is Kilkenny versus Clare and I suppose Rory Uh, What's the vibe uh, coming out of uh, Six Mile Bridge uh, heading into the game? I suppose any news on the injury front as well?
2: Well, what I'm hearing in terms of injuries is kind of mixed. Um, There's a good chance like JV Mack is fine, I heard, uh, and um, John Connan is is supposedly fine as well. Now, as we know with concussion, like that can be, he just, as as you know, like if he gets headaches or anything, even from this moment on, like then obviously, you know, he he won't be fit to play. So it's a day to day thing with concussion, but word is anyway it's fine. Connor Cleary I heard is probably in more trouble and is is less likely to start. Um so yeah, look and to Shane O'Donnell injury I think it was just a, a rolled ankle so I think he, he's been he's been fine. There hasn't been a word of Shane O'Donnell not starting. But it's guess we're just thinking like how tight these camps are now, like you, you hear you don't know whether to believe any rumour you hear in terms of injuries or whatever because uh, Sometimes you, you're hearing something that oh it's a certainty and when, when the team starts like it, it, that's not the case. Even the last day, like nobody knew about Davy Mack being injured until like he you know it was named that uh, that uh, Daryl Owen was starting instead of him. So things are so um, are kept so in house now. At the minute you're just kind of speculating. But no look it seems to be good news in terms of, of Conlan and Davy Mack anyway, and hopefully it is because we just saw last year how central John Conlan is and Davy Mack's experience as well he's one of the, the few guys along with Conlon and, and Kelly and O'Donnell from 2013, you know, that's, that's still there who has that experience of getting to All Ireland final. Um, now, like saying that, like it, it's really time this Clare team stepped up and, and delivered because they haven't been in a final since 2013. Um, you know, they, they've lost a couple of semifinals and, uh, like we were talking about since 2018, there have been Munster final 2017, 2018. And, um, Last few monster finals as well lost both of them, so it's about time now that, you know that this team kind of delivers to to the potential they have um big factor I, I suppose is um our back line is going to be key here because I think our forward line are you know at, at the minute with, with, with everyone fit and uh you know our our forward line are, are possibly uh, like the, the, I would think they're the strongest forward line maybe left in the championship, but our problem is you know our our backs were Conor kind of Cleary injured and like we're shipping, I think we've shipped 13 goals so far in the championship, you know, and now albeit five of them were against Tipperary in the first game, but still the only game where we've had a clean sheet was against Waterford, who played no full forward line. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, look, that's a worry. And against Kilkenny as we know, who are a goal-hungry team, and always have been, and with Owen Cody and just inside, and that goal threat, that constant goal threat they have, um, it, it's something that really, uh, clear need to be rock solid at the back on Sunday, if they are rocks out of the back, I think that we'll, we, we'll just about have enough to go over the line. But as we saw last year, like getting going to Grove Park and giving a performance, you know, it doesn't come natural to every every team. And I think Claire is still smart from last year. And it's been huge motivation for them that they have to come up now and, and deliver a performance. So um, I think I think they will on Sunday. But again, we talked about question marks in the first game with injuries. Question marks here is again uh, what Claire will do in terms of number three and uh, who will pick up the likes of Von Cody, you know.
0: Yeah, Kieran, get you in there, I suppose. What are your initial thoughts in terms of this fixture and what are the key matchups, I suppose, um, that you're looking forward to seeing on Sunday?
1: Yeah, I think the main question is, you know, and before you could even make a decision or a prediction on who you think is going to win, is, is what teams take to the field. I think from a Claire point of view, you know, as Rory's mentioned there. Connor Cleary and John Conlon were the main two, you know, that you'll be looking at. And if, like, let's say if John Conlon and Cleary couldn't play, you know, you're, you're, you'd be kind of definitely hedging to Kenny then. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think like Owen Cody is a real life threat. I saw him this year, you know, against Wexford and like, he was unbelievable. Like, so hard to handle. Um, he's going to take a lot of attention. Um, but then you've like, guys are, you suppose not household names, but like Massey Keown and, you know, he's nearly a goal in the game I think Tom Feele has been having a good form this year. You know, you have TJ there thereabouts. Um thereabouts. I think that for Kenny, if they can get Adrian Mullin back in the field, I think it'd be a huge plus. You know, okay, the fact he's he has very little hurling played this year, but just the work he gives you around midfield, um, you know, I think it'd be pivotal to Kenny if they're to win this game. Um, Not sure what the word is on him because like, it was a fairly serious injury. So, But if they can get him back, you know, I think that's a little bit of a game-changer. I think as well, like you know, what you're going to get with Kenny, you know, they they bring this attitude and the work rate and um just never say die attitude. Like you know, you, they could be ten points down with five minutes to go and their and their eyes are sitting in the game, and you know that's it's very hard. You, you can't train that into teams. I suppose it's just something that's it's really from the quality times, I suppose, really. And it's you know, it's I suppose when you come into that camp, it, it you're it's embedded into you, um. Uh, you know, it's, it, it gets you a lot of the way. It's just that work rate and the honesty, like you know, and um, look at Clare's forward; they're very potent But you know, I suppose it's at the back. is where their their question marks are going to be. Um, and I suppose who plays like if O'Callaghan said he's going to take a huge marking. Um, and you know they will. Teams playing Clare because they've conceded thirteen goals are are going to they're going to attack Clare. Um, I think you know we think kennedy this year traditionally they like to the long ball in and they've been mixing up a bit this year but you know I suppose out of all 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 teams left they're the one team that will put it in long and I suppose Clare will have to be on their their game all day but I think at the other end then you're looking at uh, Mikey Butler and Tony Kelly we've seen the duels they've had over the last couple of seasons and I think you know to be fair Mikey Butler's had the one up on Kelly I suppose a couple of times and I think look Kelly is in top form this year Uh, can't see him getting 3-4 on, on Sunday, but, you know, I think if Mikey Butler can keep Kelly with to within a couple of scores, you know, I, I think that would give, um, to every chance. It's going to be these are tasks and done. I think it's not just Kelly. I think you look at Mark Rogers, the last two games, really good for really like, you know, scoring, very good scoring from him. Uh, you know, Shane O'Donnell, you know, the work you're going to get Aid McCarthy. I think he's missed, you know, injured the last day and don't think he was right against Limerick either. He was taken off very early. Um, you know, even just for his frees, you know, he's a very good free taker. Um, just to have him there was so to because look, it's another factor as clear as game is their their shooting accuracy. We've seen it nearly every day of this year. Um, and if they if they turn up on Sunday with fifty or fifty five, sixty percent uh shooting accuracy, it's not going to be enough. You know, I think there is going to be huge improvements needed in that for for Sunday. Um, every chance they create, they're going to have to take it. I suppose look at this stage of competition, you'd expect that anyway. But, um, you know, it's just, I suppose you know, you'd expect huge improvements. We didn't see it. Um, you know, I suppose it was a factor in the Limerick game, the Munster final. It didn't seem to get any better against Dublin, and and you look in reality, you know, I think the, the scoreboard kind of flattered Clare in the end. But if Clare start that game, uh, on Sunday like they started against Dublin, they could be out of it within twenty minutes because. You know, Clare were flat against Dublin. Um, you know, I think Dublin were right in that game up to maybe the the goal started coming in before half time. But, uh, you know, I think Clare need to go at it from the start. And, you know, I suppose that accuracy. And I think you, you one more thing you worry about for Clare is are Kenny a bit of a, like a Hulu team for him? You know, I was looking there this evening, like it, since 1932. I hope it doesn't scare you know, Roy, with this one. They've only beaten Kenny once out of eight fixtures in, in championships. So, you know, added that to the fact that it's in Crow Park and I suppose the Kenny are Crow Park specialists with all the experience they've had there. And, you know, I suppose if Clare do manage to beat the Kenny, I suppose it'll be kind of creating a little bit of history, getting over to Kenny as well. So I think, uh, you know, I think it was like Limerick in in, in 2018 when, I suppose when they beat to Kenny in that quarter final, it was then I think people started to believe you know, because uh, I suppose Limerick found it hard to get over to Kenny over the years as well. So, I, I look at this. What happened in the past isn't going to have a a major, you know, isn't a major factor this weekend. But I suppose um, it, it's the noise and the and the background noise at the players. If it, if it gets in, you know, it can have a negative effect. But as I said, these days I think that the media and and all that noise is kind of you know they're they're well wrapped in cotton wool away from all that.
0: Yeah, probably get you in there as well. I mean, 12 months ago, the All-Ireland semi-final between Kilkenny and Clare. I mean, a bit like Galway here, there's an opportunity here to right a few wrongs from last year, I suppose. From Brian Lowe and James Moore and the management perspective of Clare, how do you see that they will set up here? And are they going to throw a different look to Kilkenny compared to what they did 12 months ago?
2: Yeah, um, I suppose a couple of things from last year. If you remember as well, like Rory Hayes went into a, a spiral of bad form. He had a poor Munster final and then substituted after, like, it was a 10 minutes against Wexford. And he's been excellent since he got back into the team this year. Adam Hogan as well has, has strengthened the back line. Uh, Mark Rogers has been fully fit this year. He actually only came in as a sub last year against Kilkenny. Scored three points, I think, as well as he came in. He, he just came in a second half substitute. So um, also, as I mentioned, Shane Amore is back. Leclerc a lot stronger this year. Even if they haven't quite hit. And I wouldn't be too worried. Like, I know um, Kieran is saying uh, our percentage, but like the day to hit that is your alert Semi final day. Like, they've had something out uh, to work on since the buster final and the, uh, the quarter final. And I suppose when they look back at tape, it's actually some of the decisions they're making, like shooting when there's a player in a far better position. Um, is probably a criminal one. As we saw at the Munster final, there, there was one Aiden McCarthy. We need Mark Rogers 10 yards in front of someone who's immediately substituted after that. Um, uh, free taken as well, uh, as we saw like last year. Another thing is like TJ Reid's free taken, as we know. He- he's the best free taker in the country, and Clare's discipline needs to be spot on. And at the other end, we need to be punishing Kilkenny, and we can't afford to be wayward with freeze because we have been from such championship this year. Um, started. with Aiden McCarthy had a great day against Tipperary on freeze. And then since then we've been a bit erratic on them. Mark Rogers, the last day, was excellent, but with Aiden McCarthy back fit, what happens with free taking? And I just think in the Munster final as well, we had four long range frees and all four like were, were wide, weren't even kept in play. So like there's four of the wide straight away that, that we chalked up. So you'd wonder like at a certain range, like surely they have the stats worked out and percentage chances. Is it worth like spraying a ball into corner forward to just lobbing one in around the edge of the square rather than Going for a low percentage one. These are all things like that. To be Kikenny, have to kind of come right for you. I just think, um, yeah, I, I, I just think that that the motivation from last year I, I should really st- stand declared um, again. If Cleary and Conlon were both out as Kieran said, that'd be a huge worry. That's your spine right down the centre, your backline. Uh, word is Conlon w- will be fine, and c- as I mentioned, like Cleary have had six, seven weeks now with Cleary injured, so it's not a shock to them. Whereas Last year, it was like basically morning of the game. We, we realized Conlon wasn't going to be playing, which, you know, it w- was hard probably to, to adjust for management and players alike. So I think they're in a much better place. And um, just like forward line as well, last year, Claire we were a bit reliant on Kelly. And this year, I remember we had that game up in Venice where Kelly scored one point, but yet the rest of the forward scored 322, or the rest of the team scored 322. So that's no longer, uh, you know, really a factor. Like if Kelly plays well now, it's a bonus as well. Because, you know, he, he lifts the crowd and everything, but they're no longer fully reliant on him. Um, I just, yeah, I, I just have a good feeling about this one. And um, uh, I know, like you were saying, the last time Claire beat them was 97 in a learning semi-final. Yeah, uh, if you keep putting your, getting yourself in there and giving yourself chances, like, you will improve that record. And I think they're in a great spot to improve it this time around. Again, it, 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 the major thing is keeping Kilkenny's goal track down. Like, if one to two goals max, I think two goals max is what Claire. Can, Need to concede in terms of goals, and I reckon our forwards might have enough at the other end to, to 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 win if we can hold Kenny to that. But that is an if.
1: Just two points wanna I, I make there as well, Mark is, you know, Kenny aren't any saints for conceding goals either. I think you look mm-hmm. back to like against Antrim, they conceded three goals, and against Wexford, mm-hmm. the, the last round game, they conceded four. You know, so I think they'll have their own worries, and I think there's maybe a few question marks on on Hugh Lawler full back talking to a few Kenny guys over the last couple of weeks. And I think they're, you know, I don't think he's, um, as rock he I suppose, as the defenders have been used to over the years. Um, so there is like, I suppose, while Kilkenny will try and target Claire for goals, it's going to work other way around as well. You know, I think Claire will, will see a couple of goals after, after Kenny backs. And I think the point you made Rory as well as Claire's discipline. I think they've been lucky this year in, in getting away with certain things. Um, Look at Limer, Limerick are are know, saints. They play on the edge as well, but just like silly freeze, uh clocking up yellows. I think on the day, look, like depending on the referee, like I think it's clear pick up a red cards. You know, you know how that it could be detrimental to the cause. And um, I just think that they've been, if it, the, the two cornerbacks have been, you know, they've been, you know, malhandling. and look at it, all, all in. in, in Paul Knark invent-
2: back- back- invented that. He calls it grappling.
1: Grappling, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> um
1: he did, did he invent the simulation as well?
2: <laughs> well, Jeremy Burns uh, has been known to simulate at times. We uh, won't
1: do it today. Only once, only once or twice. Um no, but just I think like Claire do play on the edge, similar to what Limerick do. And look, we've seen a raft of, of Ray cards over the years, and uh I, I think for Claire, like it's to be to be mindful of that. Um not to be I suppose look at giving away early yellows, especially for the cornerbacks, or you know where you're going to have one Cody, similar to what the threat they saw with there a couple of weeks ago. Um, you don't want a cornerback picking up a yellow card, and um, you know and put an opportunity where he might have to to pull yeah. down Cody or, or someone else, you know, and, and you're picking up a red card. It's you know it's a, an uphill task straight away.
2: And I think of all pitches to concede a red in Crow Park is just there's so much space teams can find there that uh, like it hasn't. Gone well for teams of late. We're looking at the Ireland final there with Kilkenny to Perry a few years ago. Like it's just like teams will find space if you're down to fourteen of all places in Crow Park, you know. So uh, for any side this weekend, like they have to, you know, try and keep fifteen on the pitch, and um, will be crucial.
0: Massive occasions here, but I suppose Kilkenny as well do have the injury worries. I think you mentioned in terms of Adrian Mullin there, Kieran. I suppose Richie Reid as well probably would be a key cog back there. Granted, Blanchefield came in centre half back didn't do a whole pile wrong and you know from that perspective you know there's a few injuries here for kenny that probably need to clear up but i suppose guys an awful lot of bench impact probably uh to really talk about but rory in terms of that fullback slot then let's say arguments say connor cleary is out who do you feel is going to be most equipped to deal with a tj reed or even a massey cohen inside uh, for clare to do the job on sunday
2: yeah, I suppose kind of what you don't want to do is just end up putting your, you know, spreading your team all over the place and, you know, to, to make up for, like, because as I said, Adam Hogan and Rory Hayes have been going quite well. So there's no point, you know, um, making too many switches for, for, for one change, as we say. Uh, Shane Amore has been doing fine too. Um, it depends, like, I suppose Kilkenny are, are probably going to go two inside as well. And it depends on the two inside if, if they're going. Like, I presume On Cody will be one of those two. So you have to, physically be able to match up with him as well, like you're thinking of, of Connor Finley over the years, being on the edge of the square and, and high ball in, Claire have to be able to deal with that and that was what Connor clearly kind of gives you, you know, he, he is strong in the air and physically strong if his man wins the ball, try and keep him outside. So, yeah, it's getting like, and, and the thing about, let's say, Adam Hogan, Hayes, Shane Mori, they're, they're all cornerbacks as such, like none of them is a fullback and even Adam Hogan probably his most experience at fullback, but this is his first year playing senior, you know. Are you going to throw him in there on own, Cody? I don't think so. Like, uh, it, so yeah, that is that is a question for for Claire to deal with. Um, like uh, we know, dear is strong in the air and everything, but like he, he's been going so well at wing back, like um, that I don't think he's going to go at, at the half back line. David McNerney is interesting one that if he's fit, he slotted in there against Cork for a while, if you remember, at the edge of the square. Um, the only thing about Jeff McNerney is I find that, that he, which is fine wing back, he goes up for every ball with his hand, you know, and he catches most. But when you're on the edge of the square and you don't catch it, it's basically a goal to the opposition. So it's something maybe he might need to adjust, adjust slightly. And I'm sure Lohan will have wise words about about dealing with highball in full back line. Um, yeah, it's just uh, at the other end as well, if happened with Hugh Lawler. Like last year, Claire put Duggan in there and like Hugh Lawler got the better of Duggan in the air. And I, I hope you know, clear management have learned from that and maybe pick a different type of player. Because as Kieran said, like he's been exploited this year so far inside. Maybe put a, a more live wire full forward in there on on um on Lawler. And could you see like
1: Could you see yeah. maybe full forward in?
2: Yeah, I I I I think Claire maybe have underutilised O'Donnell inside in the full forward in at times. I know he does great work in the half hour then, but maybe slot him in there if you now and again for 10 minutes and gives them something else to think about Rogers could be a player that could cause him trouble as well because low ball in front of Rogers, L- Lawler find it very hard to deal with that you know um, again it's it's the type of ball that has been in there as well um, like I, I thought last year we had uh, Ian Galvin in one corner David Reedy in the other and, and Duggan at full forward and we just hit high ball after high ball in the first 10 minutes and when Duggan was in the two corners we weren't, weren't, weren't going to win the high ball either you know it was t- the type of ball we hit in was really poor so, um, look, I think there's there's still a bit, Claire can't dismiss that match last year either. Claire need to look back at it and just see where, where they got matchups completely wrong and, you know, certain aspects of the game. I thought as well, um, w- with Kelly last year, there was often times where, um, right in front of me in the first half, where Kelly was kind of making runs and loose and looking for, let's say, a short 10-yard pass that just wasn't coming. And said we were ballooning ball from distance. So that's something like, you want your best player getting on the shots. You know, he's the guy who should be at the end of the move, you know, not kind of been ignored at times Um it's like a story from Kilkenny years ago when they were on the bus up to Ireland and somebody shouted out um think Nicky Brennan was the manager like uh, well what's the game plan today Nicky and the bus and he said plan A get the ball to DJ plan B get the ball to DJ so <laughs> like it, you the plan for Clare really should be a, 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 as often as possible get Kelly on the ball you know he makes things happen for them but uh yeah, look, it, 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 it's I, I just think Claire in a better place than last year. I just hope to bring a big performance, and uh, yeah, I, I I've, yeah, I've, I've just uh, a feeling that that they might get over the line this time.
0: Yeah, so Rory, I suppose Claire for you.
2: Yeah, ju- ju- without any real confidence here, just this could be the, the hard speaking. But I know, in terms of like, we, as I said last year, didn't perform. That has to be a stick to beat him at for the last few weeks. Um, had a much. Like the the Munster final last year took a lot out of Clare, the extra time, and they threw everything at Limerick and still didn't win the game. Whereas this year, I thought Clare played poorly in the Munster final and still could have won it. It was kind of a different feel to the game. And then uh, Dublin, like they they didn't have to dig too deep against Dublin either. It wasn't like the Wexford game where it came down, you know, to the last 10 minutes and last year. uh, So I think they're in a different place coming into this game. And uh, as Kieran said, like this this Kilkenny team, like, haven't. Like last year, Ireland final, day, they were a bit off limerick. I know the scoreboard kind of told a different story. I, I'm still not 100% fully convinced by this Kilkenny team, you know. And um, yeah, ho- hopefully on, on Sunday, uh, you know, Clare will just have enough.
1: Yeah. Karen, who are you tipping? I think for me, it all depends, um, I suppose, on the teams that take to the field. I think if, if it's the case, like Connor Cleary and Conor were there, you'd have to tip Kilkenny. Um, but I think, look, if you're, if you're, both teams coming onto the field with, you know, um, close to 15. Uh, I think Clare learned a lot of lessons from last year. Um, I do think, though, they'll have to hit the ground running because the are going to come at them from the start. Um, and that starts against Dublin. Like, if this happens again, you know, they could be out of the game very early. But I, I just think Clare, I think there's a bit more about him this year. Um, I think beating Limerick will have given them, an, a you know, um, so much confidence going forward that, like, you know, they're, They've been there, their boats. And I suppose they finally get to win, uh, especially in the Gaelic grounds as well. You know, we're we'll doing the world of good. But I suppose I, I do think Clare. Yeah, I think if, if you know if if they're strong as as close as strong as fifteen can start, I think Clare will win it. But I suppose I'd worry that if they didn't win, where will this team go from here? You know, I think Lone has been there what, four years now, and um, they've been there, their boats every year, about bringing home a few trophies. So. Uh, I think like this is the year for Clare that if they have aspirations of 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 winning trophies and bringing and bringing it home, that uh, I think this could be the year because um, like the Conlon isn't getting any younger, and you know Shane and these guys as you mentioned they were there in twenty thirteen, and you know they've miles on the legs, so uh, I think they'll be kind of um, to be uh, you know I think this year they've, they've they look they've they've put wrongs right already this year, but I think this is a major one for them. This was a. The huge, you know, stumbling block last year for them and probably a humiliating defeat in the end when they were confident going up for a semi-final. So uh I think they'll learn a lot from it. I think I'll gonna tip Claire and get the the trilogy.
0: Yeah, indeed. Yeah, it just my concern for Claire would be the three six combination if it was the occasion where you know uh Rory and Kieran, if Connor Cleary's not there in the full back line. Be prepared for aerial ball with Owen Cody and TJ Reid inside, and I think that first ten minutes is going to be absolutely key. Like I remember back two thousand and seven, you know, Kilkenny, the pepper ball and Teddy Brennan and Henry Shefflin. Hey Presto, the game's over. It's contest for fifteen minutes. I think that's the worst case scenario for Clare. But if they can get through that, I think the run game for Clare is pretty significant here, particularly in that middle third. We've seen with Galway, we've seen with Wexford, particularly against uh, for Culleny, they really don't like defending that sort of situation and as you say goal scoring opportunities do arise I think Claire, for me have to put up or shut up on Sunday if they don't then look I think there's as you say Kieran, I think there's massive question marks over the legacy here for Brian Lohan and I think for a few of the Clare senior guys here that have been there for many a year so I think Claire, the motivation is there for them I you know and I think the bench impact as well you know, if Aiden McCarthy can come on for 15-20 minutes, you know, hit a few insurance scores here, Ian Galvin as well. Everyone off the bench is going to have to really deliver here for Clare, so I'm going to go Clare, I think, for two, three points, but it is contingent on the fact that if three and six are out for Clare, that's huge. You know, they're yeah, first-choice yeah. guys here as well, but again, I think there's plenty of motivation here, Rory, for Clare to right the wrongs, and I think similar for Galway here as well, that makes Claire and Galway such dangerous opponents here for these provincial championships, champions anyway, so um, yeah, I'll go for Clare as well, and oh, you know, Jesus.
2: all three of us going for Clare. Can I change my mind now? I'm worried. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: well, look, it, <laughs> I think as well.
1: Look at Kenny in that Leinster final. okay, they went eight points up, but there was a ten point swing in that second half where Galway went from eight points down to two points up. You know, so that was a complete for me a folding in that half. Um, and I, at that, I was at that extra game, the last round, league uh, the round robin game, and. Like there was times in that game like Kikenny were like they're probably a little bit Jekyll and Hyde where they've been strong in games and then they kinda of switch off. It was similar in that extra game where they got two goals early in the game and like they were seven points up, but yet they went in at half time, a couple of points down. So I think if Kikenny can turn it on and keep it on for the for the seventy minutes, you know, it'll be very hard to beat. But if they're in and out of games like they probably have been, um, you know, I think that'll be a really Achilles heel them. Yeah.
0: I think for Clare, it just they have to keep going for 70 minutes. There is going to be that one-two, one-three burst from Kilkenny. It's how they're going to respond here. That they don't get dejected, get the immediate response here. Because really, Galway did show in that third quarter, when they went eight points down, when they went through the lines, when they really did pass Diagne into the likes of Connor Whelan's, the Kincannon's, and also Kevin Cooney's as well, they created space inside, which was absolutely key. So I think there's plenty of optimism here, I think, for Clare. Now, Kilkenny, we Look, we all know what Kenny are all about. But again, there is kind of, I would say, some question marks, I would say, particularly if a few of the injuries don't clear up, particularly if the Richie Reeds and maybe the Adrian Mullins don't start here. It's really kind of testing the depth chart again off the bench. So look, I think it's uh, intriguingly poised here. And I think this is probably the more open game of the two because I think we can see Limerick and Galway being fairly congested in that middle third. So I think plenty of fireworks there anyway. So I think we're tipping Claire and look. It's kind of a mixed bag in terms of Limerick and Galway anyway. Um, so it'll be a pretty exciting finish. I suppose, guys, we haven't even mentioned the Camogie Championship because we're, we're into the All-Ireland quarterfinal stage in Senior Camogie. I know there's been an awful lot of backdrop in terms of the protests, the support from the inter-county mail, captains of the Gaelic football in Hernan uh, counties in terms of the welfare, the charter for... Um, the LGFA, Camogie and GHA to consolidate and merge. But I suppose, Rory, there's some intriguing matchups. Tipperary and Antrim are obviously starting uh, the quarter quarterfinal series in Co Park on Saturday. But then we have an intriguing game on Sunday before this kilkenny Clare game with Cork and Kilkenny, one of the juggernauts of Camogie hurling out in the quarterfinal. So an awful lot to be looking forward to, particularly in the Camogie Championship.
2: Yeah, and uh, Tipperary have been the surprise team this year. They had a poor campaign last year or such, but the players back in this year with Cotavan, Eamon McGrath up front, um, you know, there's plenty of scoring. They went down last week and uh, were two points up and Kilkenny uh, had dominated the second half, but Kilkenny being Kilkenny hung in there and got a draw. Um, So Tipperary's top that group still um, with Kilkenny, Ireland champions in it. So that's really, you know, from the cat amongst the this year. And it is great to see it being a bit more competitive this year as well. Waterford are real contenders as well. Um, they easily went through their group they're straight into a semi-final with Galway um, so which that's given us this um, Cork and Kilkenny match which um, you know it, it's unbelievable that one of these two teams will be knocked out this year in the championship that hasn't happened for years because for the last number of years it's been Cork, Kilkenny, Galway one of those those three has won, uh, have, have won it and they've been the final parents as well so uh, it makes for an interesting one Antrim as well uh, uh, have really come on, come along um, Roshi McCormack being their star player she was Won a uh, Ashburn Cup with TUD there this year was their star forward so, um, like Tipperary can't afford to you know take Antrim too lightly either, so that's the the and it's great that these games are you know the curtain raisers gives it a big day and it gives it a chance for people to realise the standard now at, at senior Camogie level, and some of the scores you know um that you'll see in it like it's it, it the standard has really really come up in recent years and just even like the the pace of the game has moved on and. Um, uh, conditioning and everything else uh, has come on. Like the, a lot of these teams, they've like you know they, they've set up like an intercounty team and senior intercounty men's team as well in terms of um, resources they have behind them. So uh, that leads us into to the game on Sunday, which as we've mentioned, Cork and Kilkenny and Kilkenny being below par this year. Um, I know the league you kind of forgive them for the league because being all Ireland champions and coming in often, you know, can be give, give yourselves a chance to find your feet again. But in the group as well, they drew at Wexford. Um, Drew with Tipperary, so their only win was over Dublin in the group. So, you know, they really need to find their feet fast because Cork had a very impressive win over Clare up in Ennis at the weekend. Clare had ran Galway close to the previous week and Cork, it was a do or die game, whether one was going to go through. And um, Cork, like, had had a big win up in Ennis. So, Cork seemed to be finding form coming into this and because of that I'd probably tip Cork just about against Kilkenny. Um, And then obviously uh, Tipperary, like uh, with the form they've shown, should have enough to, to get over Antrim.
0: Yeah, absolutely. No, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it, particularly um, the first game, Tipperary and Antrim, I think could be a very intriguing one because Antrim coming in with a lot of momentum from last year. So as you say, Tipperary with their good performance against uh, uh, Kilkenny last weekend, they're going to have to back this up, particularly in HQ. So look, um, that Cork-Kilkenny game, you know, one of the big, um, the big teams out as well. So it'll be very interesting to see who, gets knocked out there. there be plenty of post-mortems either in Cork or Kilkenny if that was to happen to them. So, yeah, all to look forward to. Just breaking news here, while we're on, Galway have announced their team for the Limerick uh, All-Ireland semi-final and there's no changes uh, from the team that played Tipperary in the quarterfinals. So So, uh, again, the only positional change that I see here is Doherty Burke has gone into full-back. Gerold McInerney at six. Uh, I suppose, guys, uh, immediate reaction here?
1: Do you take it with a pinch of salt? I think until... <laughs> Six o'clock for five to six on, on Saturday evening. You'll know your starting team. It's really hard to know. I think as Rory said earlier, die six might be a viable option. Uh, or die Burke at three. I think it might be a little bit harsh on Manon if he doesn't start. I think he, you know, he put definitely put his hand up the last day. I suppose he's rewarding the players who are on, on top form or on, on better form than Cooney was. You know, he's he, probably up and down in games this year. So, um, I suppose maybe he's looking at the the, the finish. I think Tipperary, you know. Probably, probably saw that Tipperary game and the subs sawed out for him. So maybe he's looking at that aspect come Saturday. Absolutely. Uh,
0: I can name the team here Aina Murphy in goal, Jack Grealish, Di Burke, and Darren Morrissey in the full back line, half back line, Porek Mannion, Gerald McInerney, and Joseph Cooney, midfield of Sean Lennon and Cahill Mannion, Roland Lennon, Keenan Fahey, and Kevin Cooney in the half forward line, and Connor Whelan, Brian Kukan, Evan Nyland in the full forward line. And again, we're looking at the bench here, likes of the Finton Burks. Adrian Tui, there as well. Dean Collins, Tom Monaghan, Connor Cooney, uh, Gavin Lee, and also Charlotte Mannion as well from Capitacle basically getting a call up here, uh, given Jason Flynn's uh, injury. So, look, Galway have set their sold out. So, I think we'll get some intriguing team news in the next uh, day or so. I suppose, guys, we leave it there. It's been a lengthy one tonight, but I think we've plenty to cover. Many thanks, Rory, and many thanks, Kieran, uh, for your time tonight. Uh, enjoy the games over the weekend I suppose next week let's uh, review uh, these All-Ireland Senior Championship semi-finals let's see where they were won and lost and really look ahead to the All-Ireland and also looking at the Camogie Championship, four finals will be in the books as well so we may have a look at the All-Ireland semi-finals in that competition as well. I suppose until next week guys have a good weekend and chat next week Thanks Mark Thank you for listening to this podcast episode. If you liked what you heard in this podcast Why not subscribe to the Hawkeye Psychic podcast on either Amazon, Spotify, YouTube or Twitter platforms. You can also follow me at Hawkeye Psychic on Facebook and Twitter for the latest sporting
1: opinions, articles and reports.